right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. And uh, kind of a little different this week It is the bye week coming up. And as uh, many of you know, if you have been sticking with us for a while now, we ran into some recent technical difficulties. Uh, so normally this would be out on either Monday or Tuesday, but trying to have some time to work through things, <clears throat> we pushed it back a little bit. And since it was the bye week, you know, it kind of worked in our favor a little bit. Also, though, uh, there was kind of some other stuff going on uh, this weekend. Uh, or not weekend, I'm sorry, this week. And so, Craig, did you want to tell everybody uh, what happened this week? You mean my birthday, right? I know it. Somebody had a birthday. Yep, Monday. Yeah. There you go. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think I may have used this last year. It was last month. <laughs> well, you know, you could have played some, like, old music or something, but... <laughs> Something, something from the year you were born in. Yeah, we, exactly. we can't come out that that far and just like you know make it easy for people. Yeah, I know, I know. That's yeah, forty nine, man. It's it's getting up there. I mean, like my grandma always said, you know, I'm one foot in the grave and one up the other foot on a banana peel. So <laughs> kind of like that. So <laughs> nice. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been it's been a busy week, and uh, letting Craig have a little time off for his birthday there, and kind of everything else going on, yeah. and having some good old fun with uh, Craig's birthday on uh, Twitter, as would be absolutely necessary. You have to, you know. Oh uh, yeah, get Twitter guys are funny. I love it. So at least I know I'm not the only old guy, an old woman on there. I mean, you, you've you've got I like got a, company. I got company. Is it your like AARP group or? Yeah, it might be, dude. <laughs> I might start milking that to get some savings and you know food and at restaurants and start working that. <laughs> I I must say there is nothing more like I made this mistake once. It was actually my first job, and I never made the mistake again. I worked fast food first job because you could work uh, yeah. when you were fifteen. And I made the mistake of asking someone if they wanted the senior discount or if they qualified for the senior discount when they did not. Um, So, yeah, never, never did that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my very first job was at Wendy's. So my mine was Arby's. Yeah. Well, both fast food, huh? Yeah. Actually, in my town, they're like almost right next to each other. So. But, yeah. uh, well, we've got totally a lot to talk about. So, happy late birthday, Craig. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep. And I know that a lot of our listeners uh, share in that as well. But uh, we have a lot to talk about because now it seems like forever since the game. But so much happened. Oh, uh, in- it, it worked out, didn't it? It kind of worked. It works in our favor at times. Yes. Oddly enough, like uh, we were saying, it did kind of work in our favor. And oddly enough, something that was kind of funny that happened. Well, okay. All right. Try to try to make this as fast as possible. So we had technical difficulties with the internet, which I had people out, and hopefully the internet is fixed. Uh, we had um, – we tried to record a couple nights last week. It didn't work out because the internet was being total crap. Then um, – my computer cord bombed out on me for yeah. my Mac, which has a lot of edi- uh, the editing stuff. It's not, it doesn't leave us stranded, but I am going to actually kind of be interested to see the quality of the audio because I have to use a temporary, uh, like a temporary solution because the cord still doesn't come in until tomorrow. Right. So yeah, just, it kind of seems like one thing after another. And then, my kids weren't feeling well. My wife wasn't feeling well. You had your birthday. Oh, yeah, and this this was it, too. This was the uh, other crazy kind of technical difficulty I ran into. I did not have a way of watching the game at my house, um, even though the Internet got fixed, and that's I watched the games over the Internet. I was having an issue of uh, 
finding the game to watch. And I, um, so I tried that PlayStation View out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did a free trial, which ends yeah. tomorrow. You need to let me know how that is because I was thinking about getting that. Or It is really good. Okay. Uh, I, I got the trial version for the full thing, and it's got some really awesome stuff on there. But I am almost in disbelief that they did not have a standard Fox channel. Okay. I have no idea why I tried messaging them and being like, what is going on? And it just so happened that both the Michigan and the Lions game were on Fox this week. And I wasn't able to watch them because that was like the only channel they didn't have. They had a Fox on demand channel. So anything on demand I could watch, but that's basically previously aired shows. So there was no live Fox channel. And I don't know what the problem is either because there were some other people that I know that had it. And I messaged them and they took screenshots of their TVs and they showed that they were receiving their local Fox channel. But for whatever reason, I was not. And I was getting other local channels. Right. So Yeah, Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, some of those that have like channels that I mean do they get the Big Ten network? Do they get They they had the Big Ten network, they had they had Fox Sports, they had Fox Detroit, they had Fox College Sports, but they didn't have like a standard Fox. They had ESPN, they had ESPN U, they had ESPN Deportes. Um now of course this like I said was the full package. Right. Because uh, they have like three deals. I think one's like 40, one's 50, and one's 80 or 70 or something. I don't, I'm not sure exactly. But then they got your ABC Food Network. Uh, okay. I mean, like tons of stuff. And so you can choose your package. And the cheap, uh, the cheapest one has a lot of stuff, but doesn't have the Big Ten Network. If you want the Big Ten Network, you have to go to the second one. So, Well, and that's the thing. You have to uh, – I mean, it's – there's so many options out there to pick because right now you get I've got DirecTV, but I'm getting rid of it because it's like $125 per month, and now I'm a loyal customer. I've had them since for about 18, about 20 years. I've had them, and they literally won't drop the price. And I'm like, dude, I've I've had you guys for a long, long time, and you guys are jacking up the price so much that people are. People streaming now. They're getting rid of stuff. They're they're finding different avenues of getting these channels. And yeah, that was one of them I was thinking about. Yeah, I recommend checking it out. I'm I'm going to talk with them further. I think it's a month by month thing, which I think would be great during the football season. Because yeah. um, I don't know if I would have a year round like football season slash winter because you're kind of trapped inside a lot more during the winter in Michigan. But yeah, people might want to check that out. But like I said, not to get dive too far off into that whole conversation. Uh, the uh, funny thing that kind of happened was, so I had to go out and watch the game somewhere. So packed up the family, went out, wasn't able to catch the whole game live because of all the technical problems. So I was at, uh, we were watching a sports bar, uh, restaurant kind of a thing, uh, Brands Steakhouse, if anybody knows those things in Michigan. And we left um and there was like you know 30 seconds minute something left in the game and so we're driving down the road and i actually get notifications when people call the voicemail and uh so i got notification and then right after that one i got another one cuz i thought um cuz we've had that issue where sometimes people get cut off because of how long uh voicemail goes right and uh no it was just two people as soon as the game got done boom boom <laughs> So it was. I thought that was kind of funny that uh, the calls came in right back to back. So we'll get to the voicemails here and uh, hear what people have to say about the game. So let's get those up and running. What's going on, fellas? Um, uh, Stephen Durrell Brown. Y'all know my Twitter handle. I forgot it. I don't know. It is what it is. This is there. This is the first call that I made in a while where I was just really happy at, at what I saw. A win is a win, but today you got to see a lot of facets that we haven't been seeing. You saw the playbook opened up more. You saw the tight ends utilized. Um, some adjustments made on the offensive line with Runyon Jr. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I hate the spate went down. I really do. O'Corn is is the answer. I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's really hard to say that off of one game, but this guy – Play phenomenal 
football when he was in there. He had a few hiccups early, but I'm going to start trusting Coach Harbaugh more, knowing what he's doing, bringing these transfers in. O'Connor is the answer. I think Spade is done at Michigan as far as the starting quarterback, barring injury. The offense just looked a lot more fluid. Um, the offensive line, they were better because O'Connor is mobile. He's not going to stand there and just take hits or overthrow people. The guy can play. Um, the running back started to pick it up after Higdon went out. So I think Isaac and, and Evans should be the two backs that get most of the, the plays. I'm still waiting to see Nico and um, Oliver, but getting the tight ends the ball was needed. The defense is phenomenal. Purdue had negative four yards in the entire second half. I mean, they got outscored, what was it, 21-0, negative four yards. And Purdue is not a bad team. They just weren't who we thought they were. Well, they actually weren't who we thought they were. They lost some guys for targeting, but those were actual targeting calls. And it was pretty sad. I know Glenn Robinson's son, um, I think he got hit for targeting. I'm not sure. He got no, he got the late hit for whatever reason. I don't know. How, I don't know why he did that. But this was an all-around good game. I'm hoping they get um, some things cleaned up on in, in the bye week. Because Michigan State has no chance. I mean, none. Penn State. That's going to be a test. But this this game looked good. I mean, it, it had a lot to do with the calling. Drevno didn't look suppressed as far as his calling. I'm liking what I'm seeing. The defense is getting better. Devin Bush Jr. is the best linebacker in college football in, in North and South America. And, and this they, they get better as the game goes on. They made some adjustments. I'm excited of what I'm seeing. I know they're going to get better. If the offense, like I said, I put a tweet out earlier. If the offense gets to the intensity of the defense, like if they can match that level, watch out. Watch out. They'll be, they'll be meeting Alabama in the national title game because Alabama's going to the national title game, period. But I like what I'm seeing. Like I said, sorry, Spade, it is what it is. But, man, this team looks good. And hopefully O'Connor can get better, a lot more reps on the bye week. My time is about up. Um, what do you all think? Go Blue, baby, all day. Love the show, always. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen. Appreciate that. And uh, sorry about that little thing in there, guys. Stupid. <laughs> Uh, stupid little ad that came up. Craig, I don't know if you heard it, but there was a little blip in there because of that. Um, well, yeah, uh, he had a lot to say. Yeah. 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 Some good, uh, it's a good call. I mean, you know, you and I will dive into it, but, uh, like what he said and made some very, very good points that you and I will touch on. So, but, uh, great call and, uh, some great, uh, observations by him, like always. Yeah, and I uh, do. It, I wasn't expecting anything otherwise, but it is unfortunate that you've seen some of those things where people have not reacted to Spate's injury very well. Um, right. And like yeah. I said, I wasn't expecting anything different from our listeners. Um, but uh, bringing that up and everything, it's unfortunate that happened. Um, it's always it is always nice to see though because this is a situation that Michigan wasn't in in previous uh, years that we have a capable backup quarterback. Yeah, and you always want that that somebody can kind of come in and know the offense and been here a while and um, um, yeah, it's always you know scary when you see somebody like that and you know Wilton Spade is probably one of the toughest quarterbacks I've probably seen in a long long time just based on how much hits that he's been taking, especially last year with the old line not blocking very well. So the kid is very, very tough, and he's to be respected for who he is and how he plays. So, yeah, that was unfortunate, but um, it was good to see Michigan bounce back and know that, you know, we were able, capable of winning despite him. So. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll probably hear a little bit about it in the next voicemail, but I want to say it now so I don't forget. Um, John O'Corn, uh, of course, there's a ton of talk about O'Corn now. Um, but what the talk has been, and people are, uh, there are a ton of different reactions, but people are kind of like, why has Harbaugh not been putting the best quarterback on the field? You never, it's not as easy as that. And like, uh, Steven said, this is one game. So who knows? Maybe it could be completely different when the state game rolls around. But um, the talk going around was that 
the better quarterback in practice was Wilton Spate. And so naturally, if yeah. that's what you see and that is what is shown to you, that's the call that you make. And then in game time, O'Corn didn't see the field a lot because Michigan, even though Michigan football is quote-unquote back, as people want to say, it is a young year for Michigan. So Michigan is not getting those leads early to allow yep. backup yep. players to get in to um, get field experience and to show what they're capable of doing. So O'Corn has not been able to go out there to really prove a whole lot. So this was a unique opportunity for him because of everything what happened. Like we said, it was unfortunate what happened to Spate. Hopefully everything's okay. He's been on social media a little bit. It seems like things are going well, and it's nice that it's going into the bye. But, um, but yeah, it's you, you can only go as far as you see in practice unless you get that opportunity where you can put the players in, the backup players in early, which Michigan has not been there this year yet. Yeah, and remember, this is a this is two quarterbacks where the the race was very very tight between the two. So, and that was straight from Jim Harbaugh's mouth. So, you know, for there wasn't a big lead between Spate and O'Corn as people thought, and we probably witnessed it. The reason why like you said right in front of us maybe spade is a good practicing quarterback and he's shown this year i'm only talking about this year he's uh, right now he's shown that he isn't playing to up to the efficiency and what we are able to see last year and there's probably a lot of factors to that and i think michigan a lot of michigan fans are scratching their head but a corn came come came in and no doubt about it I, no fan can tell me that when a corn came in that this offense was rejuvenated it had a lot of spark to it when he came in they removed the they started moving the ball and that was great to see i think a lot of michigan Fans were like, we liked seeing us move the ball down the field when we weren't moving the ball whatsoever in the first quarter. And um, when he came in, it was great to see. And like Steven said, he handled pressure really, really well. I mean, there was times where the offensive line did a terrible job and Acorn did his best to get out of there. And that's the thing about having a mobile quarterback. He, he's mobile. He's a very good mobile quarterback. He does. He did well. And he's shown in that game as he's able to do that. So, Yeah. Now, here's something interesting to think about, and we will be getting to the second voicemail here in a moment. Uh, something to think about, and it's difficult to say, but the coaches even got on themselves after the Air Force game, and they were talking about things that needed to change. They recognized that things needed to change in the way that they were coaching even. That includes play calls. It, oh, yeah. it looked like a different team Saturday, and yeah. some of it was contributed to the play calls. Not saying that everything changed because of the play calls, but you also have to take that into consideration. I know Spate was in there for a very short period of time, and he still kind of looked like uh, his game was pretty rusty for the t uh, the time that he was in there. But you have to take that into consideration with O'Korn's success is that it looks like they were calling a different game on Saturday and switching some things around because we saw some involvement from uh, some guys that we barely ever see. The tight ends really got involved and did an awesome job, and it, it, it looked quite a bit different. Oh, yeah. I mean, and what, you're talking Walton Spate had, ooh, you know, he didn't, he wasn't in very long, but he he had about a, about a, a quarter you know, the first quarter to play at the end of the quarter, that's when he got hurt. No, no. I thought I agreed just hit. And I agreed with Jim Harbaugh on that. Uh, obviously I thought he, uh, was, uh, it was a targeting and, uh, but didn't get called and he got out, but we're talking about spate only completed two for four passes for 10 yards. That's in the first quarter. That's a, that's absurd numbers. You can't have 1.1 quarterback rating in the first quarter. Yeah, it happened at the end of the quarter, but you you and I saw the same thing is the offensive line wasn't that great. You know, there's guys blowing through there, but 
Spade, you know, you have to remember in the very beginning, he almost had a pick six. He almost actually had an interception. Thank God it was dropped or it went right in front of the guy. He dropped it right out of his hands. That was the interception all the way. And it was a bad pass. I don't care what anybody says. He wasn't pressured. It was a terrible pass. He overthrew it. I mean, he threw. A, he had a little bit of air on there, under it, and you thought his receiver was cutting back, you know, on a route, and the defender saw it, and it was almost a pick six if he would have caught it more. So, Spate was wasn't good. A lot of Michigan fans saw that. We he wasn't playing well. Offensive line, like I said, wasn't playing well. We couldn't run really run the ball very well. We, not, none of the offensive plays. Play calling, everything was vanilla. Everything was like it, someone even said, "I think my high school football team has better play calling than this." <laughs> and I go, <laughs> "Yeah, it felt like it. It felt like a, a, just a, you know a varsity high school team that was just trying, just getting the new playbook, and it just looked like they couldn't even do the simplest of things in the very beginning. It was so frustrating to see because I said, I, "This." isn't the Michigan football team that I know. I don't understand why this is happening. And then when O'Corn came in, it looked like, like you said, it felt like when John came in, the playbook changed. It felt like uh, his scramble and moving out of the pocket was able to uh, get the tight ends open more. He was able to place the ball perfectly where he needed to. And he did a good job. I mean, he didn't throw the ball downfield very much, but the point was just moving the ball five, ten yards, and we were able to do that. So, yeah, very true. Uh, let's go ahead and make sure to move along here and get to the second voicemail. You pull it up here and uh, get that playing for you, so we don't miss it. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Kirby. So. We just finished watching a really good second half of football after a very mediocre first half of football, the Michigan-Purdue game. Uh, held them to 189 yards. I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that we utilized the tight ends, opened the playbook, just like we all thought was going to happen, both offense and defense. I think Purdue is – a lot better team, even than what I thought on Monday. Uh, I got in with. I don't think I don't think that coach is going to be there very long. I think he's going to move on to a better school. Um. Yeah, great, great way to. We want Falcons. Increase our red zone efficiency today. It's tough that. Uh, We'll him out with the injury for the rest of the game. Not really sure. Looked like he got went down really awkward and got crunched hard. Like he like he might have hurt his back even. Hyperextended his back maybe or ribs or it did not look good. But uh, it was a great win on the road. Feeling very confident about uh, what's gonna happen in East Lansing in two weeks and. Uh, that's about it for me. Um, it was a good game, good win. Go Blue. All right. Thanks, Kirby. We appreciate that call as well. Uh, yeah, kind of an, an interesting thing for him to point out about um, the potential of the coach not being there that long. Because um, they are uh, definitely uh, – he definitely brings something different to the table. Um, I know <laughs> – kind of discussed it a little bit last time and like I said I know I recorded on two nights because of the technical difficulties that we had um I thought they were approaching the game very smart very level-headed and then uh one of their players a uh, receiver if I'm not mistaken uh go ahead or went ahead and oh yeah here we go uh Gregory Phillips uh guaranteed uh the victory over Michigan and I don't know if you caught this, Craig. Yeah. Um, but did you see what uh, – did I get it right? Khalid Hill? Did you see what he uh, tweeted out after the game? No, no go ahead. Uh, he – oh, why can't I find it? I swear that I saved it. 
But he tweeted out, um, you know, a mood or that feeling when kind of a thing, and it was a picture of Gregory Phillips smiling. Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I'll have to try to go and confirm that was Khalid Hill. But, um, but yeah, so he, he kind of uh, trolled a little bit there. And then somebody else pointed out that the receiver didn't even have a catch in the game. So he guaranteed a victory while his production on the field was zip. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. That's pretty uh, – yeah, that's not good. You start running your mouth and then – you don't get any. <laughs> you weren't even involved in it. So, yep. Oops, that was a mistake. And even the coach then came out and uh, was kind of saying that they, maybe they came out a little bit too confident. But, uh, but yeah, thanks again, Kirby, for that voicemail. Uh, yeah, bo- both of them talking about, I mean, it, positive feedback, and that was uh, especially kind of what Stephen was saying, you know, uh, he, his voicemail was different than it has been for a while because, you know, so much positive to be able to take away from that game. Uh, Kirby talked about the red zone efficiency, which I think was a hundred percent and was all touchdowns. Was it, or, uh, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a hundred percent. I might have to go and double check that, but yeah, definitely beefed up the red zone stats, which was big and an issue that everybody was worried about. Yep. Um, but yeah, and the defense being the defense, you know, being the monsters, being the the goons uh, down there on the field and in the trenches, um, and in the uh, backfield and everywhere, uh, and everywhere being that would be uh, Devin Bush because he's all over the field. But an interesting thing to point out, I think uh, maybe you touched on a couple numbers already, but if you are unaware, there have been four games, so that is. Uh, so for the second half for all those games, that is eight quarters of second half play. Right. In those eight quarters, Michigan has only allowed 14 points. That is huge. That is awesome. That is great. This defense is not missing a beat from 2016 to 2017. And everybody talks about defense winning championships. And honestly, I mean, you know – First of all, Don Brown is amazing, but the adjustments, the adjustments from halftime into the second half, that is fantastic. They catch on to stuff and they do a good job. I mean, going from I don't know exactly how many points. Let me see if I can get that here. Um why am I not finding it? Oh, there we go. Uh let's see. A total of fifty-four points have been scored against Michigan so far. So only fourteen of those points have been in the second half. So that's 40 points have been scored in first half, uh, the first halves of games. And then in the second half, the adjustments that they make, the, uh, the plays that they call, the way the defense performs, two touchdowns, 14 points, four games. Well, yeah, and Purdue literally couldn't run the ball. They just didn't run the ball. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. the defense stifled it. They just literally st- – Came out and they did. Purdue did their best at trickery and did some, um, you know, some reversals and did some just really interesting ways to get the offense involved. And a lot of it had to do with the um, just the the receivers and a little bit of tight ends. But um, you're right; they couldn't run the ball on our defense. Our defense was just absolutely crazy. Bush is just like Steven said, sick. He's <laughs> The guy's a goon, man. He is literally that good. That, you know, it's a, t- a term of endearment that we call uh, players that because he's so good at w- his position, and it's scary that this guy's motor is this high that he plays that well. In fact, there was one play that he literally – it felt like he ran from uh, one side of the field to the other to to run down a play that got – you know, they got at least 10 yards on, which was a busted up play, but Michigan didn't do well. But Bush ran, um, tried to run the guy down. And I said, who does that? It was a linebacker that ran from one side to the other, trying to rush him down. And he flew. And I went, and I saw at the side of the screen, I went, is that Bush trying to catch that guy? I go, he came out of nowhere. And I went, that's his motor is so high. And 
I think the rest of the defense feeds off that. I think it, Winovich had an incredible game. In fact, I think Winovich had the best game better than Bush, but I think Bush sets the tone because they're so worried about that guy that Winovich had, I think he had, what, four sacks or something, four, something like that. Um, he was a beast. And to see that defense and Don Brown do that, um was pretty incredible to see in fact the, even the secondary did didn't do too bad so there are a few broken plays but uh they did really really well yeah yeah for sure and um to kind of uh mention things too because people have been talking about the breakdown of things and you know players performances and um things such as that it is uh numbers can be deceiving i mean num- numbers and stats are good but they can be a little deceiving because you have to remember teams will um, plan for and play specifically around different players. Um, So you were talking about how Winovich had a fantastic day, and he did, and I'm not downplaying him at all. But part of the time when one player has success is because another player is doing uh, overtime work or extra work, however you want to say it, uh, the one of the best examples is uh, people have been talking about how, the lack of product, productivity from Rashawn Gary this year. So I know some people are going to be like, "What in the heck are you talking about?" Some people have been been I don't know worried about it, pointing it out, whatever it is. It's not a concern. He has been doing fantastic. Maybe his numbers yeah. haven't been what they were at different times last year, and people think they they should have increased more. He uh, but. Teams focus on specific players, him being one of them. He will get double teamed. Yeah. And so he has more work to do than other people. That's why other players are getting some better numbers because he is doing more, uh, not like downgrading either player, but his numbers might be affected because he's doing more work on two players part of the time while another player then gets freed up to be able to get in there and get a sack or get a tackle and things like that. So things to keep in mind. Uh, we always talk about numbers each and every week, and some numbers are great to mention, but you cannot overlook uh, some things like that. Speaking of great numbers, um, third down efficiency. As a whole, right now, after four games, I, I wanted to mention this because this is so awesome, and I'm sure people have heard about this, but Michigan sits at converting just over 35%. Their opponents are held just under 20 percent then to specifically look at saturday michigan went six for 15 not bad you know all right purdue was 0 for 12 for the entire game for third downs yeah yeah fantastic yeah it really was something in that second half that just literally Shut them down. Couldn't move the ball. Couldn't do anything. And well, you're a, we're a beast mode. I mean, it. What I'll say is, you know, I think we had uh, three. Uh, how many sacks did we take on? We had quite a few taken. It, it, Purdue's defense did really, really well. In fact, I think their best game was against us. And um, and I think you know we had some run running backs that had a tough time blocking. So there are some concerns with this offense, even though they had a better game. And those are the things. And I know Jim Harbaugh experimented because they were moving Runyon, um, I believe, in the tackle area in the right right side. And then they had um, uh, Ruiz in there at center at times. But, you know, I saw him experimenting on the offensive line, and it seemed to work a little bit. But um, that's the part that's a little bit concerning. But um, – w- we this game could have probably went even. We probably could have scored even more because of the very fact is our running game didn't do very well in this game. We we I think we're at what three yards per carry, um, which isn't a good numbers. And it looked to me, and I don't know about you when you're watching, it just looked like Ty Isaac looked like he was um, gassed out or he just looked tired. You know, like well, he, he did. did like, yeah, he did get banged up yeah, last time, so. Yeah, it, he didn't look like his three games he was prior to that. So, and obviously Evans had a great game, but um, a lot of the play, you know, a lot of them had a tough time blocking those running backs. And, uh, but yeah, the running game was a little bit, um, you know, 
our, I'd say our offensive line wasn't making very big holes and we couldn't really run very well. So we had to pass and it was great to see a corn make up for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more, and I think you were alluding at this, but to talk about that more, I think it was more of inconsistent play from the offensive line because yeah. there were certainly at least two that come to mind, but there may have been a handful of times that they got holes that you could have almost driven a semi truck through. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. one that uh, one of the Michigan photographers captured an amazing photograph of just at the right time where Evans was, gosh, he looked like he had over three feet on both side of, sides of him <laughs> right. where nobody was even close to him. Nobody was out five yards in front of him. And he, and that's one that he broke out for a touchdown. But yeah, so it, it, it's a, I think it's an inconsistency thing. I mean, we've talked about the issues with the offensive line and we've talked about how kind of week to week. And again, it kind of goes with the opponent. And you were mentioning how Purdue has a better defense this year for their program. Um, But they've had good weeks for pass blocking, good weeks for run blocking. It'll be good to see if that can get more consistent and that unit can get a little bit uh, tighter and hammer some things down. So. I mean, we have, and every Michigan fan knows it, and I think most college football fans know it, and this is scary to think. We're talking about a team that's really, really young, especially on the defense, with one defensive starter since last year. This is, right now, I'm, I'll tell you, and, and I think a lot of people agree with me, this is a national championship defense we're looking at no doubt i mean no doubt they are sick we're talking about four offensive touchdowns in four games this team is allowed that's crazy and don brown is just so good at what he does pay the man (laughs) don't don't go anywhere right pay the man give him what he wants i don't care get him money whatever money he needs i'll like I said, I'm going to start a GoFundMe for him. But If he uh, wants a butler, <laughs> call I'll do me. It. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> I will be there, and I will buttle like yeah. no one has buttled before. Right. And I think <laughs> Michigan, yeah. And I think Michigan fans are thinking, man, we can roll through this whole year undefeated if we just get an offense – the offensive line working just a little bit better, and we get the you know the running game on what on what where it needs to go. Get the running backs to block better too, and get some resemblance of an offense, a passing game. Um, we can win, and that's the thing I think Michigan sees. We 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 it's like within our grasp that we go, man, the defense is there. We need to get this offense clicking. Is O'Corn the answer? I don't know. But he did really, really well when he came in. And remember, O'Corn, last time he played, was in a blizzard, full game. And all he did was hand the ball off, and he ran. That was about it. And you had Devion Smith run the ball all, pretty much the whole entire game. But we don't have a lot of sample size of him. But from what we saw, he had a great game. And... It gave Michigan, and you can you can tell what what Kirby was saying. It gave Michigan a little bit more of some light on that offense, and I think that's great to see. Oh yeah, no doubt. Hostile environment, getting put in oh, yeah. unexpectedly. Great performance by him. Talking quickly, briefly here about the defense again. Number one defense now for Michigan. Number one in total defense, and number one in sacks doing a fantastic job. Something interesting that I want to say with talking about corn and backup quarterbacks, it has been a weird thing with, with Michigan and backup quarterbacks, and I'm trying to remember if there's another instance since 2012 like this, but since 2012, I can remember Michigan has had this weird, dumb luck of being on the road when they have to call on their backup quarterbacks. Starting off with Denard Robinson when we were at Nebraska and Michigan was kind of uh, still playing well. Denard got knocked out. Bellamy went in. Whole thing collapsed. 
Yeah. And then you go back two years when Rudock was on the road and we were at Minnesota and Spate had to come in and finish the game. He yeah. stepped up and he did a good job with that one. But then yeah. fast forward two years to now on the road again here at Purdue, right into the game, uh, Spate gets hurt and you have to put in John O'Corn. Now, thankfully, and kind of like I mentioned before, it's awesome to see that Michigan has those capable backup quarterbacks because I remember to yeah. Bellamy and before that, when once the first quarterback goes down, that's it. That's it. Game <laughs> over. That's may as well just pack it up and go home. <laughs> yep. so. Yeah, and it's it's a great it's a great thing to see. I mean, I mean, I'm it, it, he played eighteen for twenty six, two hundred seventy yards, and eighty five percent quarterback rating. I mean, that's great numbers. In fact, I believe he's thrown for more yards. Uh, what did he throw? for? 270. Did he throw for more yards than Spade has thrown all year? Uh, I don't th- year? think so. Hold on. If I'm reading. Pass- passing. Okay, why is it not breaking it down that way? Oh, here we go. No. Sorry. I Bye. I'm not getting that information, so but um you know, I might be wrong, but um you know, that's what I heard but or, or read. But um if that's the case then then you literally are looking at what? Let's are we talking about you know, the five hundred pound gorilla in the room? <laughs> You know, what do you, what do we do? What are we talking about here now? To me, it'd be a question to ask you. Are we? What is your feeling? I mean, to me, I feel like O'Coin should start. I think he earned it. I think that it they moved the offense a lot better when he came in. It gave the offense start uh, a spark. Um, like you said, they adjusted for him. He has that mobility to get out of the pocket. In fact. I worry about Spate because he didn't look – in fact, he looked probably the worst he's ever looked all year in that first quarter. He couldn't even move the ball. I mean, he almost had a pick six, an interception on a, just a terrible throw in the, in the worst possible t- area down in their own – you know, what, where were they at, the 15-yard line around there? But um, to me, it just – I think Jim Harbaugh needs to pull the trigger on a corn. I thank God for the bye week. we got time, but um, – what do you say to people that says, what if Jim Harbaugh comes out and says, you know, Wilton Spates our quarterback? What do you do? Obviously, we're going to back him, but, you know, what's your opinion? Uh, well, quickly before I do, what I think it was is that he had more passing yards in that game than Spate has had in any game yet this year. I believe that's what that yeah, number was. Yeah, yeah, for the past um, three games, right. Yeah, um, not total, but out of those, right. yeah. Um it would be extremely difficult to see Wilton Spate go out and start against Michigan State. Um, I, I'm not going to come out and say it's John O'Corn and we will follow him until the end. I think that you have to kind of watch it and see what happens. Like we've mentioned earlier, it was one game. He did a fantastic job. I think – he is perfectly capable of doing more. I know that in previous episodes I mentioned that I thought Wilton Spate was probably the best quarterback that Michigan had. He's just having consistency problems. I now throw that out the window because O'Corn has shown that he has ha- he has that potential to absolutely fight Spate for that starting job. Uh, his performance on the road in a hostile environment has been more impressive than uh, what Spate has put together in three games, in my opinion. And I think that earns him the right to start then for the Michigan State game and see how it goes. And again, that's one of those things where it's just like you really can't say, okay, from here on out it's going to be John O'Korn. You can say, okay, from uh, starting next game, John O'Korn is going to be our starter. You can take it that way, but – it's one game. It's difficult to say. Uh, he appears to have be composed and be smart with decision making now. And uh, maybe it's how well he knows the system and the plays now. 
compared to what we kind of saw last year when he would get into uh, some of the games, uh, whether it was the Indiana game or maybe late in some other games where he would get some playing time and it would almost look like he was rushed or he wasn't seeing some open receivers and things like that. It uh, looks like he's really come a long, long way since he first oh, yeah. came here to Michigan. So I, I think right now, and we'll talk about next week too and everything and just kind of see what the talk has been around, but I think right now it would almost have to be start O'Corn and see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. And, and you're talking about, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think he has earned that, like you said, and to see what he can do. And to me, what I saw is, is you, you touched on a couple things, and you're absolutely right, is a corn threw that pick up. He threw an interception, and I understand that. And it was kind of a weird ball whether Perry was able to catch it or not. It's kind of a weird ball, kind of flew up in the air. So I'm not exactly sure I blame a corn for that or Perry. It doesn't matter. It was his demeanor afterwards, and I think, and I've been saying this since the spring game with Acorn, is Wilton Spate at the spring game demeanor looks different than Acorn's and Peter's. So it seemed like he had more, when he did that, it didn't look like he was frazzled by it. It didn't look like he was, you know, not knowing what to do. And I, and I always said about John Acorn, my bugaboo with him was always about the dude gets happy feet and anytime, yep. you know, he hikes the ball, he runs with it. And, and you see a little bit of that in the game. You saw a little bit of that, but then he kind of, this is the member. This is the first game. John O'Corns really had all year, pretty much a whole game to play. Most of the game. And the last game he played was in a blizzard. So he really didn't really, you didn't get to see him pass. You never get to see him use a full game at passing. And it felt like when he got in there, his tendency wanted to do it, and I think he settled in to where he started passing more, and he started seeing the tight ends getting open, and he'd pass on the run, and he started throwing the ball very well and hitting him right on the numbers and stride. And I think that's what O'Corn needs. I think Jim Harbaugh needs to get the guy and have him play against a team like Michigan State, see what he can do, get this guy to know that he still can pass. Heck, he did it with at Houston, 500 yards against BYU passing yards he can do it again but i think my thing is he needs more of a sample size to play so he needs more, another game he needs at least like you're talking about more games to play in order to see what he can do so yeah. <clears throat> his, potential, his potential could be crazy good and this is where i'm struggling and let me know your thoughts i'm i'm i don't know if this is true but I, if let's say Jim Harbaugh comes back and he says Wilton Spate is the quarterback, of course you and I are going to back him and be very supportive of him. That, that we want Michigan to have a great game, but my thing would be: Are we seeing the whole loyalty over who the best player is with Jim Harbaugh? And that concerns me because here we got the best, maybe a better quarterback sitting on the bench, and you're taking loyalty over somebody. Whether whether we can win the game or not, you know what I mean. And Jim is Jim Harbaugh loyal to Wilton Spade, so yeah, yeah. No, I um, I would have a very difficult time if he started Wilton Spade. I mean, I don't know if it would be a thing where he's just like get Wilton Spade back on the field, let him do a drive maybe two, and then put O'Corn in, which I don't think that that would be a good idea anyways. But um, I know how you're saying, yeah, we would support him and everything. I would have a very difficult time with it. Um, and I think most people would. Uh, right. Just where we have seen the first three games. Wilton Spate has had three games. And while he had some terrible situations with turnovers – uh, he kind of turned that around where he wasn't really doing turnovers, but he wasn't also – he was missing open receivers. He wasn't even seeing open receivers. Um, his passes were inconsistent. It was poor decision-making. Um, and it just did not seem like he was managing things very well. Um, now, like I said, I feel like 
the Cincinnati game and Air Force game were semi better than the Florida game because obviously he didn't throw two pick sixes. Um, so he was doing better with turnovers. But, yeah, you just – like you said, the defense is the difference maker for us. We have a championship-level defense. We need yep. an offense that is just good enough to not turn over the ball and to be able to score some points. Heck, just get in field goal range because we have a pretty darn good field goal kicker. Or yep. – um or just when we need to get some first downs. Right. And O'Corn has not, O'Corn, sorry, Spate has not really shown any of that in three games. And O'Corn well, yeah. come, and yeah. O'Corn comes yeah. in and he like cleans house and does a really good job. So for me to then see if they come out and start Will and Spate, I would. I would have a very difficult time with it because it's just he had three games and he did not show any kind of vast improvement because he was not playing at a very good level. O'Cor yeah, comes in and O'Cor right, comes in and has that one really good game and now you're not even giving him essentially a second chance to prove himself. Right, and you're right, and you're talking about three games and a and a quarter. He had first quarter to move that ball. He was not, in fact, he wasn't moving the ball whatsoever. I mean, nothing. And I go back to that pass that he threw that it, I, I would say it blew up social media that everybody goes, there was not one person that said, well, that wasn't Spate's fault. Everybody went, no, that was a terrible pass by Spate. It was just terrible. And he's lucky what – the guy didn't undercut it more that he could have literally ran it to the house and have been in pick six. He would add three. And it was so lucky. We got so lucky on that pass that, and he just couldn't move the ball. Like you said, his demeanor was just, it just seemed like he was nervous and just didn't have it together. And, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's just like I was saying about Pep Hamilton, maybe he's just his, his, quarterback style and how he wants Wilton Spake to throw is just not working with him. And we have to, we can't blame, if that's the case, we can't blame Wilton Spade on this. I mean, so we got to just think about, you know, what's going on. Maybe it's way above him and what's going on behind the scenes. You and I don't know, but uh, just by the mechanics and what we're seeing and like you said, decision-making his um, progressions and seeing the receivers open, it's just, um, I would be really, really shocked if if a corn doesn't start. So that would be, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, we are kind of coming down to the end of things. So, any final thoughts with the uh, Purdue Michigan game before we move along? Um, just uh, you know, it's it's it was good to see. It was a good good win. It was good to see our defense showed up as great second half by uh what we've done on shutting them down that they couldn't even move the ball <laughs> i don't think they got very many yards at all um, so but uh like you said championship defense the offense got it offense has got to get rolling thank god there's a bye week coming up that we'll be able to get more practice and hopefully O'Corn will get some more practice and, and when sparty comes in the, the big house so that'll be good to see yeah, definitely, and that being a night game, but we'll be talking about that more next week. What we do uh, definitely want to share and discuss, and actually, you know what, we haven't mentioned this um, before, but I'm sure that most everybody knows uh, the score, again, being Michigan 28, Purdue 10. But to go ahead and um, then have us talk about the uh, other th- uh, other scores that happened from this uh, past weekend with the Big Ten. I want to include this here before we forget. Uh, Some good, some bad for teams in the Big Ten. Ohio State, uh, ranked number 10, hosted UNLV and finished off 54-21. I did catch part of that, and I saw um, they put the backup quarterback in pretty early uh, because they had a sizable lead already. Um, Maryland's hosted uh, UCF non-conference game and was taken down 
38-10. to um, I believe that's Maryland's first loss. Indiana hosted Georgia Southern, took them out 52-17. to uh, inch, A very interesting game out in Nebraska. Rutgers and Nebraska, and this was a, a hard-fought battle there for a while, but Nebraska finished it off 27-17. Already talked about Michigan game, but uh, then number four, Penn State, on the road night game at Iowa. This looked like Iowa was going to create some chaos again, but then they just fell apart in the last seconds to allow uh, Penn State to run away with it uh, and score a touchdown in the closing seconds of the game. And so Penn State escapes Iowa with a 21-19 lead. And then Notre Dame with their big – or Notre Dame – Michigan State with their big game against Notre Dame. Um, a – Tough loss for them as the final score was thirty-eight to eighteen. Yeah, and uh, actually, since since we have this here and that we're talking about, what we go ahead and do is let's talk about the games coming up real quick because Michigan does not play this weekend because we're going through our technical difficulties and trying to regroup and everything. This will be our only episode this week, so a quick mention of the games that will be this weekend. Uh, Friday night is Nebraska at Illinois. Then the Saturday games, more Big Ten play. Maryland is at Minnesota. That should be kind of an interesting one. Northwestern at number 10, Wisconsin. Indiana at number four, Penn State. Maybe one of the more interesting ones is Iowa at Michigan State. And then a number 11, Ohio State at Rutgers. So those are the Big Ten games this weekend. Yeah, some good games. So. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got a few closing thoughts and everything, Craig, but do you have anything before we uh, do a sign-off here in a second? No, just uh, interesting things going on with Harbaugh and the coaching and going on his little Jim Harbaugh ranting about the locker room. and <laughs> comes at an interesting time, obviously, and then – uh, the locker room not being sufficient for Michigan, and it is kind of interesting they don't have air conditioning though. So yeah, yeah. I find that crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting, but uh, I guess I guess Purdue said that they sent him letter or sent him something that said that in there, so they should have known. But uh, to not, you know, not to have an X-ray, any kind of X-ray machine, nothing there. In case somebody gets hurt, it's a little bit puzzling. So. Well, I think they – I saw something where they supposedly did, but it was only a certain level X-ray or something. I'm not sure. But also the thing with the uh, air conditioning, the thing that confused me about that too, when I first started reading about it, I thought the air conditioning went out. And then I read more into it, and they were just like, no, their visitor locker room just doesn't have air conditioning. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. So Yeah. Yeah, it was a little strange, but you know, you hear, "Oh, well, the visitors aren't supposed to be comfortable, anyways." I'm like, "Well, okay," but I guess you know, Purdue's got one of the oldest college football stadiums, I believe, in college football, all of college football. So, might want to do some updating. <laughs> yes, it is 2017, so I think air conditioning is uh, affordable. But, anyways. A uh, few closing things on my part uh, to always mention. If you guys want to contact us, we always appreciate the voicemails and everything else. You can always email us at bluebrothersportscast at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter, we are bluebros underscore and then our name, Caleb or Craig. Uh, voicemail, always great to use. That is 551 551- Two five eight three two seven six. Easy to remember. Five five one blue bro. And one last thing to mention: uh, we've got our website bluebrothersportscast.com. You can check our episodes there. We're also on SoundCloud. Uh, thanks to everybody who follows and kind of quote unquote subscribes on SoundCloud. Uh, to mention, and we don't mention a lot, but with these technical difficulties and everything, uh, it kind of puts you in a bind. Uh, if anyone is ever interested in donating to the show to help ensure that when things like this happen, they can be dealt with as quickly and swiftly as possible, um, 
you there if you go to the website there's actually a donation thing through PayPal on the right column and we always appreciate anybody who chooses to do so we've had a few over the years and we always appreciate it and it helps us to keep doing what we're doing and uh, being able to put the shows out there so I wanted to mention that before we signed everything off So, well, it is the bye week. It is kind of sad. It is kind of unfortunate uh, because there is no Michigan football. But uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. There's going to be plenty of football to watch. But we will finish off, as always, with Go Blue. Go Blue.